I'm no expert, but I think the trail goes this way. In a bizarre turn of events, um, I was witness to a fatal shark attack and my dream very, very quickly became an absolute nightmare. At this point, it seems an act of God would be the only thing that could keep me from the trail. It's basically all I think about. I turned to her and I said, do you think I can do this? She immediately said back without a doubt. And they stopped for water and was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're hiking from Mexico to Canada. I was like, oh my god, you can do that? I want to do that. <laughs> Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. I'm your host, Gizmo, and this is episode two of season two, where we finish introducing our 2016 trail correspondents. Today we get to hear from our Pacific Crest Trail correspondents and also get properly introduced to our Continental Divide Trail correspondent. Everybody is finally on trail, but before they took their first steps, I asked them to record their feelings right before the start. So let's just bathe together in some anticipation and excitement and maybe a couple gallons of nervous sweat and hear how they're feeling. Hi, this is Leslie with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm checking in with you from the home of legendary trail angels, Scout and Frodo. It's the night before I'm due to begin my thru-hike of the PCT. In the morning, we'll leave here at the crack of dawn, be out at the trailhead, southern terminus, by about 7am, and then I start walking. It's been months in the planning, and now it's only hours away. One sleep left to go. Oh my god. I should feel nervous, but I've gone past the nervous bit. I've done the fear, I've done the second guessing, the apprehension, the what am I doing, I must be mad, maybe I shouldn't do this, and now I'm just excited. There's no more planning, there's no more gear procrastination, there's no more resupply strategy. All I've got to do now is get out there and walk. So... I'm actually really happy that we've got to this stage. It feels a little bit surreal to have spent pretty much the last nine months of my life mentally thinking about what this moment would look like and how this would be for me when I actually get to do this. And it almost feels as though I'm in a dream state at the moment that it's not really real. It hasn't really sunk in that I'm actually going to be starting my through hike tomorrow. So... I don't think it will really sink in, probably not until I do some horrendous climb from Houser Creek up towards Lake Marina, and then it'll be sinking in. So, yep, I'm all set to go. Um, there's no more packing and unpacking to be done. I'm, I'm ready. Um, my water bottles are filled, six litres of water to head out with. Uh, weather looks good, not too hot, a little bit of a breeze, and um, so hopefully the conditions shouldn't be too challenging. There's a, a whole bunch of people here, um, around 15 of us heading off in the morning. So it's really actually quite 
reassuring to be able to start with a group as well and know that you're not completely out there on your own and instantly you're making you know some great friends and a little trail family is forming already so apart from that uh not sure how much sleep i'm going to get tonight it's going to be one of those nights i think i'm sure the adrenaline will start to really kick in and yeah that's i'm going to be up early whether I, <laughs> whether i like it or not i'm definitely going to be up early so i think now it's getting close to hike midnight so um i'm going to call it a day and and then tomorrow everything becomes real and everything i've been thinking about all the plans and and uh, preparation well this is all what it's what it's all come down to and oof well, I'll see how it goes so that's me checking out from scout and frodo's until next time leslie with sounds of the trail over and out hey there sounds of the trail this is leif and this is my night before probably midnight by now uh, I need to be up in five hours to head to the trail. Although I have more energy and I'm more awake than I've been in weeks. I don't feel like I can sleep. I feel like the happiest kid before the most important Christmas ever. Tomorrow is literally a dream come true. I've been thinking about these days for years, wondering if they'd ever be a reality and now here it is. I'm taking my first steps on the trail tomorrow. I don't have a lot on my mind about the trail. Yeah, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, there's no water. <laughs> I got 16 pounds of water in my backpack. It's uh, it's heavy, but that's okay. Say la vie, right? You know, I'm not worried about a lot. I don't have much to worry about. I got I to gotta walk. That's it. You know, it's times like this that I think about a, a Bruce Lee quote that is... Oh, not guided me, but helped me through life. It's the quote about water. Be like water. Water is formless. It's shapeless. You pour water into a cup and it becomes the cup. Water can flow or it can crash. You know, you take one look at the Grand Canyon and there's no doubt in your mind it is most definitely the most destructive force on earth. But when reflecting the clouds like it is right now in front of me, uh, it can be one of the most peaceful forces on earth. It's, it's what's on my mind, I guess, is the water. I guess that's on a lot of PCT hikers' minds. Maybe because there's not a lot of it in the first, that first long stretch. I'm excited, I'm ready to start. It's finally here. Been thinking about this day for years, literally. And now it's here. I'm just ready. It's 8.30 p.m. and I'm recording from Encinitas, California, only an hour drive from the southern terminus of the Pacific Crest Trail, where I'll be heading tomorrow morning bright and early at 5 a.m. to take my first steps as a Pacific Crest Trail through hiker. So incredibly excited, I'm definitely nervous, having just a ton of emotions pulsing through, knowing that in less than 12 hours I'm going to be on the trail and in less than 12 hours this adventure that I've planned for so long now is going to be a reality. So there's a lot of things going on and going through my mind. 
It's a lot of emotional overload. The past week has just been a whirlwind of goodbyes and celebrations. And it's overwhelming to a degree just because I think about the fact that so many people are saying they're proud of me, but I haven't even done anything yet. My friend is going to be doing the first three days with me, and so I'm really excited for that and to have her there with me. I think that'll be really confident boosting. We've backpacked already together in Joshua Tree, and when we were done with our backpacking trip in Joshua Tree, I I turned to her and I said, do you think I can do this? She immediately said back without a doubt. Having her by my side, I think, is going to be a really big support network. But then I'm, I'm nervous, obviously, when she leaves. And, and it's really nervous about the confidence. So the confidence to obviously sleep alone in the wilderness, the confidence to be alone for a large percentage of my day. I, I'm a social person. You know, things as small as confidence that I filtered my water correctly and I'm not getting sick. And, and then I think things as big as confidence that I, I made the right decision quitting my job in picking the Pacific Crest Trail as a major task to accomplish. So confidence is a big thing. My pack is completely ready to go. It looks absolutely massive with my food and my water in my pack. It's coming in at 40 pounds, which that is a lot. So yeah, you know, there's a lot going through my mind, the logistical things like my pack and my gear, and then the emotional things, and even physical. So I'm excited though. Definitely nervous, and and that's okay. Good morning. Are you guys awake? I have something to ask you. Can you open it up real quick? I was just curious, what are we doing today? We're waking up. But where are we going? Oh, are we were being recorded. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to the trailhead. Which trailhead? The Continental Divide Trail. <laughs> Woo! Alright, this is homework reporting from Deming, New Mexico. It's a Saturday morning, it's about 6.15. We are waking up and packing up the hotel room and getting ready to head to the Columbus start of the Continental Divide Trail. Yeah, it's, it's happening. <laughs> so, general feelings, really excited, feeling more confident now that I've got a hold of the maps and apps and feeling more confident on using those. And really, honestly, that only clicked the last couple days. So I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I have a cold. (laughs) Definitely not ideal for starting a hike. So I'm a little nervous about that. However, I feel like the playing field is evened out because my hiking partner drank six beers last night. So (laughs) I think we both may be moving a little slow. Yeah, we just kind of plan on going slow and uh, really regulating ourselves because in the beginning you just really want to charge forward remember this on the PCT but that's when the injuries happen so you really need to let your body kind of ease into the long distance however we're going to do 17 miles today because that's where we cached our first water source our first water jug so we have to at least push that far 
And the next day, I think, is an 18-mile day. So we were hoping to do something like 10 or 15, you know, to break ourselves in, but it's just not really a option with the water. I don't know really what else to say. Feeling a little emotional. <laughs> just took a lot to get here, so glad it's finally happening. <laughs> it's going to be so nice to wake up outside and go to sleep outside every day. And I just feel pretty broken from this last season of work and pretty stressed out. So I'm excited to simplify and, you know, have the day's goals just be to feed myself and put one foot in front of the other and just hike. It's going to be awesome. All right, this is Homework, signing out. I think we have a rock star crew of correspondents for the summer, and I'm stoked to hear more from them and to find out how their journeys progress. But it's time to get properly introduced. So I guess we should start at the beginning and we should get the formalities out of the way first. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 45 years young, uh, which means that, yes, I can actually still remember what life was like before Google and mobile phones. It's almost hard to believe. Uh, I'm originally from London, England, um, but uh, it's not somewhere that I've really considered to be home for much of the last 10 years, um, although I am still very proud of my Cockney heritage. As a kid growing up in London, well, I was a proper tomboy and um, I was always out playing soccer with the, with the boys um, in the garden, digging for worms, climbing trees and building camps in the forest. I guess in that respect, not too much has changed and um, I'm still definitely at my happiest building camps in the forest. I left school when I was 18 and I took a job in the stock market in the city of London, um, mostly because I had absolutely no clue as to what I really wanted to do with my life and um, I just thought, oh, I need to earn money. And the stock market in those days was a good way of earning a lot of money very quickly. I worked in the stock market for around about nine years and it taught me one very, very important lesson and that is that money does not buy you happiness. My job was impacted very severely by the sad events of 9-11 and um, at that point um, I did a lot of soul searching and a lot of re-evaluating and looking at my life and where I was going and so I came to the conclusion that there had to be more to it than this. There had to be more to 9-5 to five and um, you know, just waiting for the paycheck from month to month to pay the bills and just keep doing the same thing over and over again. So um, I quit a perfectly good and very well-paid job and I decided to pursue my hobby as a career and I became a scuba diving instructor. I worked professionally in the diving industry for the next 12 years or so and during that time I was very fortunate and privileged to be able to travel and teach um, all over the world. It really was a fantastic career. It ticked a lot of my boxes in so much as I was outside, I was in nature, I was communicating with people, and of course I was travelling, which I really, really love to do. 
In 2007, I found myself pretty much living the dream. Uh, I had a fantastic job, great partner, and was living on this paradise Caribbean island. What could possibly go wrong? Well, just about everything. Um, in a bizarre turn of events, um, I was witness to a fatal shark attack and my dream very, very quickly became an absolute nightmare. Um, in the space of two months, my life had taken another very, very dramatic change. Of course, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and I found myself self-medicating and eventually staring at the steps on the wall of a California rehab facility. Um, what followed was a very long and very painful period of personal growth and, thankfully, recovery. Now, certainly our past um, can shape us, but I don't think that it defines who we are. And um, today, well, yeah, I have a grimy past, but my current disposition is definitely sunny and my future looks very, very bright. And for me, a big part of that future is hopefully going to be the Pacific Crest Trail. So that's my plan for 2016. It's something which I've been working on and looking forward to since about August of, of 2015. Um, and yep, I'm going to be a first timer. I'm a newbie to through hiking, but I'm not entirely a novice when it comes to um, spending time you know, hiking and uh, and carrying my home and life possessions around on my back. Um, I've also walked the Tour of Mont Blanc. Um, I've trekked to Everest Base Camp and I've been on the trek through to Machu Picchu in Peru and um, I also am fortunate enough to live on the Tiaroa in New Zealand and I've also had a lot of experience with through hikers here in New Zealand and I've actually angeled for quite a lot of them as well which has been just the most wonderful experience. In terms of my hike and uh, what I see myself doing on the Pacific Crest Trail this year, well, as I mentioned, I'm a novice in as much as it will be my first through hike, but I'm pretty efficient and I've got a light pack. My aim is to get this thing done and dusted as quickly as possible. I actually have a pretty limited space of time available um, 138 days to be exact. So my anticipated start date is mid-April 15th from Campo and I need to be on a plane out of Los Angeles on the 2nd of September. I've actually booked myself a first class flight back to London. How cool is that? Anyway, um, I've got a lot of anxiety about um, the hike. I'm absolutely terrified of bears. Um, it's not something I, you have to deal with. The closest I've ever come to a bear is Oxford Street, Sydney, Mardi Gras Gay and Lesbian Festival about eight years ago, and he wasn't scary at all. I'm terrified of dying of dehydration in the desert. I'm terrified of rattlesnakes, uh, but I think the thing that I'm terrified of most of all is not finishing. So, yeah, a lot of fears to face out there on the trail. One of the things which I learned in my recovery is the need to communicate clearly and properly. You know, one of the things I think is being lost in this world is our ability to actually communicate with each other and to actually express ourselves and our feelings. You know, for myself, I didn't even know what a feeling word was up until about eight years ago. I'm grateful that I now have a much better understanding of my own emotions and feelings and how to express them. And 
I've been able to help others in doing the same. And I think that there's definitely some space to have those conversations with people and to try and get some of those, um, some of the answers to some of those deep and meaningful questions that we have, you know, apart from do the bears actually sit in the woods and those kind of things, you know, what are we looking for out there? So many people are out on the trail looking, searching for something. What is that? Yeah, the psychology of, of, of the trail interests me a huge amount, you know, how we change uh, psychologically during those four, five, six months that we're walking and um, and who we who we start as and who we finish as. I think we become different people as a result of those experiences. The psychology of the trail interests me as well. It's pretty much the premise of the show. We're constantly faced with decisions in our lives, and I think for most of us there is a kind of inertia that develops where the basic premise of what we've decided to do on a day-to-day basis never gets challenged. In order to do a thru-hike, though, at some point you have to ask yourself, what if I just quit doing everything else in my life for, like, four to six months and went for a really long walk? And some people, thru-hikers, say yes. That sounds like the perfect idea. Anyhow, when I stop and think about it like that, it's all very bizarre even though I keep deciding to do it myself. But while I ponder my own life decisions, let's hear from our next correspondent, who has given up a gig as a wilderness ranger. That is, someone who backpacks all summer and gets paid to do it too, to hike the PCT instead. My name is Leif Peterson. I plan to hike the PCT in 2016, starting in April sometime, still not sure keeping an eye on the Sierras. At this point, it seems an act of God would be the only thing that could keep me from the trail. It's basically all I think about, planning and dreaming and all of that consumes me. I've done a lot of backpacking, a lot of somewhat long distance stuff. For the past six years, I've done between five and 700 miles um, every summer. I have a feeling that after this through hike, I'm gonna be hooked possibly trying to find a way to be part of the community forever. In um, 2007, I went on my first backpacking trip. I had just finished my senior year in high school. I borrowed a bunch of gear from a friend to be able to go, and we trudged up to a lake and stayed the night here in Washington. I was hooked. I went home, saved up enough money to buy myself a rucksack and all the things that I would need to go out alone so I wouldn't have to depend on others. And for the next couple years, I was an avid backpacker. You know, I went, oh, I don't know, between three and five backpacking trips every summer. And then in 2008 or 2009, a good friend of mine's older brother hiked the PCT. And when he got back and was telling stories, and I was was enthralled, I decided then, one day I'm gonna do the Pacific Crest Trail. I knew it couldn't be now because At the time, I didn't have the experience necessary, so I thought I ought to gain experience and be prepared whenever I wanted to. Uh, In 2010, I applied to be a volunteer wilderness ranger, and I tripled my backpacking experience in one summer. And then I've been doing that every summer since. Uh, 2012, I got my first official hiring, and ever since then, I've been an official employee. It's created a space for me to be able to learn all the necessary skills and much more necessary for, um, you know, completing a thru-hike. 
I have the the mental part and the pushing yourself physically part down. It's more the resupplies and the lack of water that I am worried about for this trail. When I first learned about the trail, it was just kind of this pipe dream that someday I would do it. And then sometime in the middle of my wilderness ranger career, it kind of became apparent that I would do it someday. And uh, after talking to a fellow thru-hiker, he told me that it's never the right time. You just have to decide you're going to do it and do it with all your might. And that was in 2014, and I decided that I was going to do it in 2016 because my sister got married last summer and I couldn't really miss that. <laughs> so, here I am, after years, literally, of planning and almost a decade of dreaming and pondering about what its reality might be. I believe that there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And this idea of mine... It's time has come to fruition, and I am very excited to start the trail. I had some extra questions for Leif, so I called him up. The first time you heard about the Pacific Crest Trail, did you think that that was something you wanted to do, or was that a second step to the process? I think it, it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I remember talking in depth with my friend who had done it that year, but at the time it was something that like I didn't think that I was capable of doing, just because of the... Uh, the extra planning and all the extra things that go along with it that aren't just walking. Like taking six months off the rest of your life? Yeah, that too, which probably when I learned about the trail would have been easier to do. You know, I was uh, like 17 when I learned about the trail. It's kind of a lot easier to take time off when you're that age as opposed to now I'm 26. So I have bills and a job <laughs> and all those things that need to get taken care of. So this has been almost 10 years in the making then. Yeah, 10 years since I like found out about the trail and knew that it was a, a thing that really passionate backpackers did. And probably five years since I've been pretty certain that I was going to do it. So what's different about this year than the previous years? Why is now the time? Funny you say that. Now is the time, mostly because I decide, just just decided that it was going to be the time. And now, just before the trail is happening... A lot of kind of turmoil in my personal life is going on with my uh, parents separating and selling our childhood home and me having to get together a lot more of my life than I expected to before the trail. So you're just counting down the days till you get to get out there? Most definitely. <laughs> 87. <laughs> you really are. That's I great. really am, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any expectations for what's going to be out there on the trail for you this year? Lots of waterless miles. M mostly my expectations are of just freedom, a kind of backpacking freedom I haven't experienced in years to do whatever I want. Like, I don't need to finish by a certain time to get checked in with dispatch or, you know, I don't have certain tasks that must be completed on this 10-day stretch. I can just do whatever I want. I don't have to pick up somebody else's garbage, although I'm pretty sure that I still will. I'm, I'm expecting a summer for myself of, of backpacking all summer. What are you most looking forward to about this upcoming through hike? Oh, oh man, I'm most looking forward to not carrying forest service equipment. <laughs> <laughs> do you anticipate any changes to yourself over the course of the summer? Definitely, I do. What those changes are, I don't know. I think that just from from watching enough and talking to enough people that 
the things that might have the most profound impact are things you didn't see before. Do you have any, like, worries or concerns? My biggest worry and concern, which I'm sure is somewhat unfounded, is just the waterless stretches in the in the desert. I'm a sweater. I sweat a lot. <laughs> you know, I'll drink a gallon a day in the Cascades in the summertime. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to have the capability to carry 12 liters. Wow. And plan to pretty regularly, unfortunately. That and then just the the parts about it that I don't I don't know yet, like hitchhiking into town, finding hostels. But I'm I'm just really not that worried about it. I think maybe just my mindset towards it is just a hundred percent open. I'm expecting to run into things that I'm not expecting. How different is the gear that you're taking with you going to be from the stuff that you used as a wilderness ranger? Definitely a lot more lightweight. You know, we have certain boot requirements um, if you're doing work. Definitely trail runners are not an option. Um, I've never really worn trail runners before, but I plan to for the whole trail, at least until Washington. So that's the biggest difference in gear. And then kind of that same sentiment along with all the other types of gear. Like my backpack is half the weight of my previous packs because I'm not going to be carrying axes and shovels and all that kind of stuff on it. I bet that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely very excited. I mean, I on average, I carried between six and eight pounds of Forest Service gear on top of my personal gear. Uh-huh. And we always went out for, we worked a 10 on, 4 off schedule. So I was out for 10 days. 10 days is a long time to be out. I don't know. It is, definitely. I remember my first 10 day stretch by the sixth day, I was like, I was over it. You know, I was ready to... <laughs> I was ready to have a warm shower and a cold beer really bad. But now, 10 days for me is kind of normal. I'm I'm really curious because it seems like you spent so much time out in the woods and you are so experienced that it's sort of taken you this long to decide to do a thru-hike or that you still feel that you want to. I think part of it is, you know, a little bit of worry because Wilderness Ranger is one of the most highly sought positions in the country. So to take a year off and not use my rehire status is a little bit scary, you know, because I normally spend my hike, my summers backpacking and being paid a pretty good hourly wage to do it. Whereas this summer, I'm just hoping that I have enough money when I, when I get done that I can figure something out. But I think that I know that it's going to be something that I'm very glad that I did. I'm, I'm a hundred percent committed uh, it would take a epic catastrophe to keep me from the trail. You know, I'd way rather be dead broke and backpacking than, you know, have a nice house that's paid off and a car that's paid off and just kind of be living the good life financially. Doing this is more important to me than being financially stable or anything, really, it kind of seems like now. Do you think you're going to be able to engage with the wilderness in a different way? I think that I'm going to have to, in fact. I have, over the last five years, hiked um, more than the distance of the trail, and almost every day was alone. Maybe 30 days out of 150 I spent with other people, either Forest Service employees or friends. Are you looking forward to continuing that, or are you hoping to spend more time with other people? I'm definitely really looking forward to spending time with people. I think that that's going to be the main way that I connect with wilderness being different 
But I remember saying to my friends that I wanted to start the trail with that I wasn't going to do the trail alone because I've done so much time in the backcountry alone. And what I've found is that everything is better when you share it with someone. You can't be nearly as nostalgic about something that you experienced completely by yourself because you can't say, hey, man, you remember that time we were completely alone and you weren't there? I'm looking forward to hearing your impressions of all this at the end. Me, me too. I'm, I'm fully consumed by the trail. At work, I might be chopping onions or sautéing something, but I'm thinking about walking or climbing or what kind of new lifelong friends I'm going to meet or, you know, what kind of place I might run into that's going to be the place that I have to live the rest of my life at or who knows. Is there a part of the trail that you're most excited about hiking through? Yes and no. Kings Canyon, Sequoia... I'm very, very excited for. Is there a part that you're least excited about? <laughs> the desert? Go back to the <laughs> desert? You know, I don't want to say that, though, because every single picture that I've seen of the desert, it looks like something that I need to lay my eyes on. It looks like a place that I'm going to really love for as much as I hate the fact that there's not enough water. For me, there's plenty of water for the desert. The desert <laughs> is perfectly watered until I try and walk through it. I think that would be be the part that I'm least excited for just because of the unknown um, trials and tribulations that I'm going to go through while I'm there. But that's all kind of part of the adventure, right? Is there anything you're going to be sad to be leaving behind? <laughs> no. I mean, that's a horrible... You know, of course, I'm going to be um, sad to be leaving behind the time that I get to spend with my family and friends. I've been leaving that behind every summer for six years. It's not new for me. I guess I'm always kind of sad to lose those regular connections with the people I love, but that's part of my life, and it's always going to be leaving the people that I love to go do the things that I love. It's, it's the way it works for me. <laughs> so. I think I agree with Leif. There's something to be said about being someplace fabulous, a mountain vista with waterfalls and alpine lakes and incredible skies, and being able to turn to a friend by your side and know that you could be someplace else, but instead you're there, together. But the issue of being alone on the trail is definitely a topic on the minds of many thru-hikers, including our next correspondent, Kim. So let's get to know her a bit. Hi, my name's Kim Vodder, and I'm a Midwestern-raised, West Coast-loving 30-year-old. For the past seven years, I've actually been known as Miss Vodder, as I was an assistant principal for the past four years and a teacher for three years prior to that at a charter school in Los Angeles that I actually helped found in 2009. Moving from Indiana to California right after graduating from Purdue University has been an absolute adventure. And I'm really so excited now for a totally different adventure. I've dedicated my entire adult life to teaching and education, but just left my job on June 30th um, to prepare for a 2016 through hike of the PCT. It took a lot of guts and, and a lot of reflection and thinking to step away from my everyday job and to do something completely crazy like hiking the PCT. I've been a part of an incredibly fast-paced world for the past seven years, and being alone on the trail is going to be a stark contrast. I only recently actually got into hiking and backpacking since moving to Los Angeles, and in seven years, I feel I've almost exhausted my Southern California trail options. I'm excited to explore some new regions on the trail. 
So in terms of my planned hike, first off, I'm a meticulous planner and love, love, love to plan trips. So while I did have to leave my job very early because of the way a school calendar works, I also was really excited to have so many months off before starting the trip to really plan and really research. So with all that being said, it is my first through hike and I can't wait to make it a reality and learn to be flexible and literally adapt on my feet. I have a few friends who have expressed interest in maybe joining me for a weekend or even an entire week, but outside of that, I'm going to be solo hiking. And why that is a little scary, I can't wait to have the opportunity to hike my own hike. Unlike Leif's background as a wilderness ranger, school vice principal didn't seem like a career path that necessarily led to a love or desire for backpacking. I had a bunch of questions for Kim, but my first question was how and why she decided to do a through hike, especially when it represented such a big break from her current life and career path. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I left my job June 30th, and it's been really different to have to get used to not having an every single day job where I, you know, I'm up at five o'clock and I'm not going to bed till midnight and I am constantly like having my cell phone and my email by my side answering uh, questions from students or questions from parents. It's going to be a completely different lifestyle. The good thing is like leaving June 30th, I've had some time to really be able to just like relax and let go. And I've been able to actually take some really incredible trips and just explore. So I'm looking forward to just being able to do it even more on the trail. Being 30 and obviously being pretty well established in my career and in education and especially in a city like LA, I just, I just feel like if I don't do it now, when will I do it? You say... If you don't do it now, you don't know when it would happen. Do you think that this has been something you've been thinking about for a long time? Yeah. My oldest brother is kind of my mentor, and and he has told me for years that I need to go travel alone, and you need to have that time where you can discover, like, who you are. And he actually is sailing the world right now with his wife and um, my two nieces, and so that kind of also just being a part of that planning process and then seeing them off, it was just, you know, I I need to do this and I need to take his advice and I really need to experience this. And and I wear better to do it than, you know, hiking from Mexico to Canada. Yeah. I mean, there, there might be a better place to do that. So I guess that's my question. Like, how do you decide out of all the things you could do? Why, why through hike and why the Pacific Crest Trail? So I think I have just been in awe with, California, obviously having lived there now for seven years, every time I travel anywhere in California, it's just, it's beautiful. And the mountains and the sunset and and the sun rises, it's just gorgeous. I mean, I've been to Oregon and Washington and love them as well. And I just feel, you know, one of the items on my bucket list is to visit all the national parks in the United States. And I I just feel, you know, I'm very well traveled outside of the U.S., but there's so much beauty in our own country. Every year I have my eighth graders write a bucket list and I had one student, um, his name was Joseph and I put the Pacific Crest Trail on my bucket list and he just, he turned to me and he said, so when are you going to do that? And, you know, to have an eighth grader look you in the eyes and me being, I think I was 28 at the time, you know, I was just so inspired by him saying that to me. And I was standing here in front of, you know, this group of 30 students telling them to go do their dreams and discover and, you know, to not lose their bucket lists. And I just realized, like, I need to be a teacher by actually doing it myself and by showing them and being a leader. Do you think that was the moment? I do. 
And then I just have an incredible group of friends and we hike a lot and we were spending a weekend in just north of San Diego, like a girls weekend. And I was coincidentally enough reading wild. And, you know, we took this big trip and it was just beautiful, just a hiking trip to potato chip rock. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I totally am. And yeah, I think it was just like those moments in my life kind of tied together. I I knew I had to do something and and I just kind of settled on the Pacific Crest Trail. So do you have like any big hopes for this trail? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm nervous. I'm, you know, I'm going alone. I'm going solo. And so I'm going to have a lot of time alone. And that's not something that I necessarily am used to. But I, I, I think that's half of the challenge for me. I'm really excited that part of my fear is already the mental aspect of it, of being alone, you know, mental and emotional aspect. So I'm really excited to prove to myself that I can be alone and that it's not scary and that I don't have to have other people to keep me entertained or to be having fun. Do you feel like there have been any obstacles to you getting onto the trail that you've had to deal with so far? I don't really feel that there's any obstacles. The only thing is I think I kind of had some issues with my IT band. And so periodically I've kind of felt just a little different there. So I think that's something that is making me like a little apprehensive. But no, no, not really at all. So I have to say that of all the all the submissions that we got, you stood out to me as a person who's done the most preparation for their through hike. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> Maybe you could tell us about all the things that you're doing to get ready. Yeah. So I've done a lot of preparation for the trail. Absolutely hate trail bars. I mean, I am not a big fan of trail food. And so that was something that from like day one, when I decided to sign up for the trail, I was like, I am going to go to every single little, small, tiny grocery store that I can find. And I basically just took pictures of their like snack bar aisle. And then I pretty much sent emails to like every single company, just telling them what I was doing, asking them if they'd send me samples. And it's just been really, really awesome. And then I really wanted to get some experience backpacking. So I did the Trans Cat Trail with two of my close friends, and that was an absolutely incredible experience. Which trail is this? So the Trans Catalina Trail basically goes across the backbone of Catalina Island, which is just off the coast of Los Angeles. Every time I go, I take, you know, different gear to test out, you know, and I, I look at different things that I really need to become experienced at. And then I've been doing just a lot of working out a lot of cardio, and then really heavy on yoga and Pilates. Wow. So you seem like the planning type anyways, but do you think that the extent of your planning has been influenced by any fears, anxieties you have about the trail? So I just feel like the more I plan, you know, the more I'm learning. And I think the more I know, the less will be unknown. Surprises are scary to me. And not knowing is like very frightening to me. So I think the more I know, the more comfortable I'm going to feel once I'm actually out there. Well, I mean, there's inevitably going to be something that you did not think of or plan for. 100%. Do you think that that is going to be a difficult thing to deal with? or? No, I think I just have to remember to just laugh and to just have fun. You know, I feel very strongly with the idea that when you are outside of your comfort zone, you are challenging and learning exponentially more than when you are inside your comfort zone. And and so I'm excited for that. That's really cool. Do you think that there's an aspect to the through hike that you're most excited for, mental or physical or in general? Yeah, I think proving that I can do this. You know, like I said, I, I love to plan. 
and I plan, you know, one week trips to foreign countries and, you know, that's easy and it's over and done in a week, but planning something that is taking up half a year of my life and proving to myself that I can do that. I think I'm really excited. I did find myself wondering, after talking with both Kim and Leif, if a loan for Kim and company for Leif might look very similar, just because Kim is coming from a place where she is constantly and always surrounded by people, and Leif spends a lot more time alone. I'm always amazed, really, at the diversity of experiences that come out from a single place. For a last introduction, we get not only another correspondent, but another trail. Homework will be our 2016 correspondent for the Continental Divide Trail. We've already heard from Homework a couple times, but let's get properly introduced. My name is Homework. I'm also a PCT 2014 alumni. What, what? A little bit about me. I'm going on my ninth year as an outbound instructor and course director, and I'm going to start my CDT northbound hike this April. Hiking's in my blood. It's my obsession. You know, when I'm off trail, I'm saving up to be on trail. So, When Homework says he is off trail... He is usually still on a trail, as he's been an Outward Bound instructor for nine years now. Among other things, I wanted to find out how through hiking fit or didn't fit into his outdoor-oriented career path. For most people, I feel like doing a through hike or long-distance hike is sort of this radical departure from their, their current life script. But you are in the outdoor world professionally. And so how does a through hike fit in with this? Or or maybe I'm reading it wrong and this is actually a big departure for you. It's just a lot different in the sense that when I'm out there with students, which is kind of what I do for Outward Bound, I have 10 students and a co-instructor, I'm constantly on the clock, you know? So even though I'm out there, I'm always watching what's going on in the corner of my eye, even, even at night, you know, like every little noise, I'm like, okay, is everybody okay? And you know, you're going at student pace, you're eating, you know, the Outward Bound diet, <laughs> you know, bulk, oats, and it's it's not bad. It's it's good food, but you have to eat it all summer long. Like, I did 90 field days last summer, and I ate the same thing every single course, and it just kind of gets old. So, when you're on a through hike, for me, it was, like, magical, going at my own pace, like, blowing past these course areas that, you know, would take two days with students, took me, like... <laughs> you know, a third of a day on foot on my own and just being completely on your own schedule. So it's like, I don't know, it was so it was so fun to be in the same area that I had been with students so many times because it was just this freedom of like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> I do what I want. So that, yeah, but I hear what you're saying, like for a lot of people, it's such a huge departure from their office job, which I also have like right now. I'm running uh, all the aquatic programming. So even though I have like 40 guides and they're out there guiding, like I'm in the office on the computer, you know, fiddling around Google Docs most of the time. So is is just like your general outdoor journey has just ended up at through hiking? Was that intentional or? No, no. I I mean, the way I found out about what the PCT was is I was on it with students and these skinny little ragged hikers were running by and I stopped for water and I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're hiking from Mexico, Canada. I was like, oh my God, you can do that? I want to do that. <laughs> you literally stumbled upon it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think it was like this instantaneous, like once you found out about it, this was something that you wanted to do? Absolutely. Especially 
in that moment being with students and watching them just like cruise by on their own. I don't want, I don't want anyone to think that I feel like students are like a ball and chain, like just, you know, it's so magical being out there with them and sharing them with that, you know, but it's really awesome to be on your own out there. Well, what was so awesome about it? For me, it was a lot of just creating my own schedule. Like, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to sit down on the ground right now and (laughs) eat some food or, you know, like, oh, I'm going to set this goal for myself to hike so many miles to get this spot today, you know, in time for the all-you-can-eat buffet. It's just completely elastic and choose your own adventure. And to me, that's really, it's awesome. It's like vacation. (laughs) So one of the questions I've been asking some of our other new correspondents have a lot to do with expectations, which is different for them because this is going to be their first thru-hike. This is your second thru-hike. Do you think you're coming in with a lot of expectations? No. I think that's something I learned from the PCT, too, is the PCT was really hard for me because I painted this picture, and while I was hiking, I got really frustrated in Southern California because it wasn't turning out to be the picture I painted. And so I've been really intentional about the CDT of leaving things really wide open. And so I haven't formed a lot of expectations, except, you know, the normal ones of like, this is going to be really hard and also really awesome. (laughs) Those are pretty safe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about it do you think is going to be really hard? Is that like a mental thing or a physical thing? Both. I'm preparing for both and I'm expecting both. I think the mental thing is going to be obviously the elements like the heat. Right now I'm already kind of struggling with the mental like fear mongering thing that I'm getting a lot of, of like, it's a high snow year, like you know, everyone's, you know, there's this big push on social media for everybody, everybody to go southbound this year, but I can't, like my time frame doesn't allow that. So I need to go northbound and I just, I can't help but like, it's, it's getting tiring, kind of like glancing off all these statements that I'm doing the wrong thing, basically. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go northbound and I'll have to flip flop. And I'm, I'm expecting to have to kind of like piece it together and, and make it work for my time frame. So what about your expectations from the Pacific Crest Trail? What were your expectations for that hike and and how did that pan out for you? Well, kind of like going just a little deeper into like the space I was at, I went through a pretty rough breakup before I started hiking the PCT and I expected it to be this big healing journey (laughs) for me. And it wasn't. It was terrible. If anything, it made things worse because it was a lot of open space and time to think. And I feel like your thoughts really they gain a lot of inertia out there and there's not a whole lot to distract you, you know, besides like, you know, podcasts and music and whatever. So I was really expecting to have this like huge healing event happen in my life and it didn't, it, it got worse. And as healing goes, it, it happens when you, when you don't force it. So I didn't heal until I got off the trail when I finished kind of unexpectedly these like life twists and turns, but other expectations I had, I thought I would like make tons of friends and I thought I was going to like, be this a lot of the time like the type one fun I think I was talking about with you where it's just like immediate gratification but a lot of the PCT for me was like really solitary and type two fun where it wasn't until the next morning where I was like man yesterday I was a badass you know but you know if you rewind to the day before it's like having a suffer fest (laughs) the way you describe it it doesn't sound to me that you would be super likely to sign up for a second through hike And yet here you are. Really? No, I loved it. (laughs) I think that's the thing is like, for me, you know, that like just transformative experience that happens and it's going to suck. It's going to be hard, but like, it's, it's amazing. That's what life is. Like, I don't know. I just really love 
finding out what I'm made of and pushing myself. And I think we all do. I think that's one of the huge allures of through hiking. Like I just want to push myself and see what I can do. And I think, I think that there's that in all of us. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the, the continental divide trail seems, especially on the face of it, like a giant proving ground. It's the longest of the three trails. It's the highest, it's the driest, it's the snowiest. Yeah. Lots of ists, mostists. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is that part of the draw? I mean, you've chosen to do the Continental Divide Trail instead of many other options of things you could do with yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, everyone has different goals. I definitely want to hike all three, you know, the big three of uh, the Triple Crown. And so this time around, I was like, well, okay, it's the AT or the CDT. And I just, you know, I just didn't really feel... I haven't hiked the Appalachian Trail, but from what I've heard, it's a social trail and a very different experience than the Continental Divide Trail, which is very much a not social trail. It's very much a like, what's another word for lonesome? <laughs> like desolate? <laughs> uh, uh, solitary? Yeah. Solitary. Yeah. That also sounds kind of <laughs> like prison. But anyway, we'll go with that. So yeah, I, I, I'm more drawn to that experience than a social social experience. So that's why I chose the Continental Divide Trail this year. But I'm also looking forward to the the AT in 2018. I think that'll be rad. Have there been any obstacles to you getting out onto the trail this year? Yeah. Money. Money is hard. That's I think that's my biggest stress right now is like I am act I've actively been saving money since I stepped off the PCT and I work hard. <laughs> I work really hard and I don't live like a frivolous lifestyle, but I also work, I'm in an industry where you don't get paid very well. So I've been kind of squirreling away what I can and we're getting close to the start date and I'm kind of like biting my nails like, oh boy, but I'm going to make it happen like no matter what. And once I'm out on the trail, money won't matter as much. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one that I think doesn't, it actually is one of the biggest obstacles for most people, but is talked about sometimes the least. Yeah, it's a super sensitive subject for sure. So do you think that this this obstacle with money, is that going to be something that you have to carry with you from start to finish? Yeah, totally. I mean, I remember on the PCT, it, it was a lot of it was about budgeting, you know, like not spending too much money in town, I think is the big, the big money suck of the trail. It'll be with me. But like I said, it is what it is, you know, like once I start, it's like, well, I have what I have as far as money goes, and I'm going to make it work. It, it's not going to, I think it's not going to be as stressful once I'm out there because like I said, I'll, it's just like, okay, well, this is my budget and it's what I have to work with and here I go. I'm going to make it work. Yeah, that makes sense. What about concerns or fears? Uh, I know that Kimchi mentioned to me being surprised that you sounded concerned about, I don't know, grizzlies or anything on the, on the Continental Divide Trail, just because you do seem like you have so much experience and, and comparatively speaking, like you're an outward bound instructor. And if you're nervous, yeah. like what does that say for the rest of us? Yeah. I mean, we're human too. <laughs> <laughs> in in a way it's like, it's not as scary because I'm not, you know, I'm not responsible for 10, 10 people, you know, who have parents at home that are worried about them. Like I'm responsible for myself. So in that sense, it's a lot easier, but it feels like uncharted territory for me too, because I'm really familiar with the West coast. Like, but like, this is, I've, you know, besides little road trips to the Southwest, this is like really foreign to me. So I think that leaves a lot of space for all those like scary images of grizzly bears hopping out of the bushes and chasing after you and <laughs> all that, you know, all that kind of stuff that, um, 
that your imagination runs with before you start a hike. So yeah, I'm a little nervous and I think that's okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's not okay. You're not allowed. <laughs> what have your uh, your preparations been like for this trail and how have they deferred from the first time around? I overprepared for the PCT and I think a lot of that was like I was really excited it was my first through hike and a lot of it also was like kind of this therapy of getting my mind off of the breakup that I had uh, gone through. And this trail, I'm almost nervous that I'm not preparing enough. Like I've started building my resupply boxes, which is a new, you know, a new development since the last time I talked to you guys. And I have the maps, but I'm not like, I'm not obsessively planning like I did for the PCT. And I'm kind of like, man, does that mean I'm under planning? But I think I'm, I think I'm on the mark. You've mentioned a couple of times having to jump around on the trail. Maybe you could explain a little bit what that means and why you would have to do that. I'll use last year as a model. Last year, from all the blogs I followed, was a really heavy snow year on the CDT. And so people had to what's called flip-flop, where, you know, unless you're really prepared to do full-on, like, winter travel. And a lot of people last year were, too, on the CDT when they hit snow in the San Juans, which is, like, what is that, northern New Mexico southern Colorado area, but the avalanche danger was ridiculous. So even those hardcore snow travel people got off and they jumped ahead to non-snowy areas and continued with their hike. And on the CDT, what a lot of that looks like is, seems like the most popular is once you hit snow, you jump to the other terminus and start hiking in the opposite direction and then meet up to where you, you had left off. And by the time you get there, obviously everything's thawed out and it's good to go. Is there, is there any particular thing about this hike that you're most excited about? Yeah, I'm just, you know, I feel like I've done a lot of growing up since I finished the PCT. And, you know, I'm in really developmental stages of my career. I'm excited, really looking forward to like, meeting myself out there again. In a way, you like have a relationship with yourself on the trail, like, <laughs> you go deep, you know. And I'm excited to do that with myself now, the person I am. And I'm obviously really excited about the scenery, because it was really special hiking through the states I grew up in and have worked in on the PCT, but this is going to be really special in the sense that I've never really gotten to know these states, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hiking along the spine of the Continental Divide. Like, that is rad. The spine of the continent, the big white wild mountains of the west coast, or the ancient and weathered peaks of Appalachia? I agree. It's all rad. Next week we get started on the journeys themselves, and I can't wait. If you're interested in seeing some imagery from the trails, we do have an Instagram, which is at Sounds of the Trail, so go ahead and check us out there. We also have a Facebook page, which I sometimes post on, so you can also find us there if you want to send us a message. So, until then...